put it on paper so it would be even easier to get rid of later. Uh, so, I'll refer to it as a question. Have you ever been in an unfamiliar place and uh, been lost? And if there were people with you, did you admit that you were lost? Don't raise your hands, it's okay. Uh, have you ever been traveling with somebody in a new place and you were absolutely certain that they were lost, but they were there? Again, don't raise your hands, I can tell by the way they're wearing their hands. Yeah, so it seems to me that some of us, not all of us, but some of us, have a hard time recognizing how lost we are, and, and, and even a harder time admitting it when we do realize it. Um, we lose our way on trips uh, to new places for a variety of reasons. Well, we don't have any reference points. You know, we, we don't know exactly how to locate ourselves. You've you heard the story about how we get directions from the south, but nobody in Michigan can give you directions like this. You go down to that place where the tree used to be, and you turn left, and you go until you get to the place where the barn was until it burnt down, and then you turn right, and then you go across the street that dried up, and right? You don't know. Who can follow those directions? Unless you've been there long enough. So, there's no reference point. I don't know where the tree used to be. I don't know where the barn burned down. I don't know where the creek dried up. I don't know where Old Man Johnson is. Exactly. That's why I'm asking for directions. You're not helping. Uh, we, we don't have this. Sometimes we can see signs, but the signs don't make any sense to us. What? So we tell you the name of the street. Have you ever been in a new town? You got all these street names, like A, B, C, D, E, F, literally street A, street B, street. Okay, I want street C. What does that mean? I'm at the corner of E and Twenty Five. Where's that? I just be honest, when I first moved to Bay City, it was a little confusing to me. I don't know if you, this probably, if you grew up here, this is probably normal to you. But where I come from, and in most every town I've ever been to, when you go from 1st Street to 2nd Street, it's basically like houses are 100, and then 200, and then 300. Go down and go to the street that crossed First Street, Second Street, Third Street, and look at the numbers. So the first time somebody told me, I live it, I think it was like 500 Fulton. Fairly. 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 So I get 500 Fairly. Okay, that's got to be around this and Fairly. Uh uh. Okay, I was too easy not to read the signs, but I was still lost. Because the numbers didn't work the way You know what I'm saying? We can get lost on trips when we don't have reference points 
and we see signs that they don't help us because we've not been in this area before, and things seem to work differently here. Where we expect the numbers to be going over the street, and they're going the opposite direction. They're counting down. Why? I don't know. There's always that, I guess. But see, when our lives are like that, can't find reference points. We're in a new thing. We're in unfamiliar territory. And we can't seem to understand what we see going on around us. We can see stuff. We, we see what's there, but we don't understand it. Uh, it's like we're in a fog-filled forest on a rainy day. The only thing worse than being in a fog-filled forest on a rainy day being in a fog-filled forest on a rainy night. Take away the light and it's even worse. Some days are worse and we begin to wonder. Some days are even worse because I like the rainy night in the fog-filled forest. And, and we begin to wonder, what's that up there? And is it really possible that Jesus got lost? Where is he? Oh my God, he's there. That would be you. Remind me. That's right. He's a dark place. Psalm 23, verses 1 to 6. You can look it up in the little blue Bible there uh, in the rack. Um, I, got, I didn't bother putting up the uh, page number because I'm going to be sharing with you the main paraphrase. And uh, it's not, oh no, it's not public. This paraphrase that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning is, is based on the Bible and based on English, the New Living, uh, New Living Translation, the New International Version, the New uh, English Translation, the Amplified Bible, and the Message Bible. Wow. Yeah, so I put them all together and came up with a hint paraphrase. So uh, you can follow along there or on the screen. The Lord is my shepherd. You, you, probably heard that before. The Lord is my shepherd. He takes care of me so I will not be without any good thing. I will not be without any good thing. This verse opens the psalm with a, like a general declaration about a relationship with Jesus. We find out later, as we read this morning in John chapter 10, Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. There's no better shepherd. He's the best shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. And this is the beginning of the, the psalm. This is the declaration. The Lord is my shepherd. He takes care of me. I will never be without any good The next two verses give us some detail on, on the way that uh, God Jesus provides for us as our shepherd. He lets me rest in what? Green meadows. Am I in the right? Do you guys feel this this morning? He leads me to peaceful pools for me to drink from. He refreshes and gives new life to my soul. 
right path as opposed to the wrong path I often do, uh, or get lost on. Uh, he can teach lead me the right direction. Oh, he's going really well. Right? These are the good days. Less green grass, cool, calm, refreshing water. Next few verses have a change. Then there's a shift too. There's a shift from the psalmist talking to about God, about His shepherd, to talking to the shepherd. The shift because danger surrounds us in these days. Even when I must walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear any danger or evil, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Prepare a table before me in the plain side of my haters. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And then the final verse, verse brings us back to the idea that our great shepherd has unending care, his powerful presence takes care of us. Like he opens it, he says, Only your goodness, blessing, mercy, and unfailing love will pursue me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell as your welcome guest in your holy home forever. Only your goodness, only your blessing and mercy will pursue me. Not wolves, not lions. Love, goodness, blessing, mercy, those are the things that shape me. And I don't mind getting caught. I dwell in your house. I live in your house as a welcome guest. So as I look at the psalm, if we think about this question, where is, where is Jesus on my darkest day? We think about this psalm. Here's a sermon in a sentence. Jesus knows the way through every wilderness. Jesus knows the way through every wilderness. He knows the way through every dark, scary valley. He knows the way to every lush green meadow and peaceful pool. Jesus knows the way along every path of righteousness, peace, joy. But Jesus is your shepherd. He will always be with you, even when you think he might be lost. You see, that's our problem. We, yes, we think Jesus can lead this way. We think uh, that there are valleys in our lives that we cannot find any reference points in, that we have lost all the signs. He's never been here, so we have no idea what's going on. We think that because we don't know where we are, that Jesus can't know either. Now, we don't say it out loud, because if we said it out loud, we'd laugh at ourselves, wouldn't we? 
and all that God is for you is you. So please do not measure God's love for you by how much wealth or health or comfort He brings into your life. If that were the measure of God's love, then He hated the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul endured in his own words. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Five times. Five different times. 39 lashes. And by the way, they had a, there was a rule that you should not whip anybody more than 40 times. And so they stopped at 39 just in case they hit Five times. Three times I was beaten with rocks. Once I was stoned. Pause for a moment. Death has nothing to do with being in an altered state because of some chemical introduced in your body. That that's being killed by people throwing rocks at you. I mean, ripping is bad. Being beaten with rods is bad. Being stoned is pretty close to being nibbled to death by something. But it just would take a long time. Fish and stones will break your bones, and if they're thrown out by the neck, you're long enough, they will kill you. Contrary to what we used to say. Once I was stoned, Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent the whole night and a day adrift at sea. I traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, and from as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities and in the deserts and on the seas. I faced danger from men who claim to be Christians but but are not. I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty. I've often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. No wonder, Dr. Tiger says, that if you measure God's love for a person by how comfortable they are, you must really hate Paul. I would add that God must truly hate Jesus. by his nation's enemies, Jesus even cried out, wondering why God had forsaken him. But God did not abandon him. The intensity of his pain, as sometimes happens in the intensity of his pain may have found out his awareness of God's presence, but he was not alone.
even with my scars, I still smile. I guess this is the idea. This you learn to believe. But your love still remains. This is unfailing love that you really still This is unfamiliar ground, but still there is no other name that you say. This is unfamiliar ground. There's no one to run to. I will run to you. I will trust you. This doubt that just won't take, I will look it in the face and tell it that my God is This is unfamiliar ground, but you will stay. Maybe something changed in your family. Perhaps somehow you were ambushed by changes at work. Maybe uh, it could even be things that are going on in our church that are different than new and you don't understand what is happening. For whatever the reason, and in whatever area of your life, do you feel like you're on edge?
your question is, that his, his ministry is not effective, that remains what remains How strong is your trust in your Where zero is not trusting him, and also I know for certain he's lying. Some of us might be there. It's okay. We might be in that. My God, my God, where are you going? Wait. Being able to identify. Ten, on the other hand, is I have absolutely no doubts and no questions. And I will quote one of my mentors: "There are no tens or zeros, and there's always room for improvement." If you don't have any doubts or questions right now, some of us would like to hear it. The second, if you have a ten, I'm going to help you bring it down to a nine point five. But still, if you really can, how strong is your trust in Jesus and your Okay, fourth question. What are your reasons for not choosing a lower number? Now, for some of you who pick zero, there's no lower number, so you know that answer that real quick. Uh, but if you pick the 9 and the 49, because I said there was no 10, why didn't you pick a 9.5? Or if you picked an 8, why didn't you pick a 7? First question. What makes this new season uncomfortable for you? Second question. What remains the same in this season for you? The scale of one from zero to ten. How strong is your trust in Jesus in this new time? Fourth, what are your were your reasons for not choosing a lower number? Those are the five questions to help you reflect on the unfamiliar ground, the unfamiliar territory that you're in right now. So the next thing is reject the lie. Reject the lie that equates Jesus' love and presence with being uncomfortable. If Jesus is here, everything would be fine. We didn't include the fact that Jesus was in prison most of the time. Reject the lie that equates Jesus' love and presence. And receive the truth. This is the third thing. Receive the truth about Jesus. He is the great shepherd who will never leave or forsake you. Never. 
you may not know that he's there. You may not think that he's there. You may not. There are very times, I, I don't know about the hundred percent, but there have been times in my life when I, I would despair if I stuck my finger out of touch.